Hey guys, welcome back to the Bible Unfiltered. I'm John. And I'm David. Thanks for tuning in with us this week. Um, we're gonna ge- we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be getting back into the Romans series. Um, we took a break last week, but we're getting back into it, and we're gonna finish out chapter one. That's right. And just a warning: if if you know there's any little ears listening, we're gonna be talking about some more mature subjects. Yes. Uh, so if you're if you haven't had conversations with your kids about you know, the birds and the bees type stuff, um, you know. Uh, maybe skip would, this one. Yeah, maybe skip this one, yeah. 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 Come back when, when you're driving to work or something. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to read our passage of Scripture here. We, uh, we ended with verse 23, so um, now we're at uh, 24, and we're going to read uh, from Romans chapter 1, verse 24 to 32, I believe, right, David? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so this is kind of long. We're going to read it all, and then we're going to go back and go section by section. Yep. Okay, 24. Therefore, God gave them up in their lust of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the, uh, the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Man, that's a mouthful right there. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's uh, it's really important, you know, that that we and we'll get into this more later. But you know, that we, you know, we we tell people, you know, about. You know, we start with the law. We tell them about you know there's the, about sin, and then we tell them about grace. But we'll get into that a little more later. But yeah, I think we'll probably end with that. Um, <clears throat> but so here at twenty four, the root of some of these causes um, is is a singular thing, um, and it comes from idolatry. Whether that's actual idolatry of a, another creature, you know, whether it's another religion, um, if it's you know your own religion and you're worshiping magic rocks. I don't know, <laughs> but it's, it's something else that you're, that you're worshiping over God. Maybe that's yourself. Yeah. Maybe you deserve to, you think we hear this a lot in our culture that we deserve to be happy and we know what being happy means to us. And that's what we're going to do. Um, but what we see here is, is Paul saying clearly that there's a natural way in which God created things to work. Um, and these people are ignoring that, and they're doing what they see fit. That's right. Um, yeah, I, it's like idolatry. It's. I think we can 
like some people probably listen to this and be like, well, you know, I'm not really religious. You know, I'm not really worshiping anything. But it's like you said, we could be our own gods. Yeah. If you're living a life that's contrary to how God, you know, designed us to live or or tells us how to live, then you are, in a sense, worshiping yourself because you're like, and that's what Adam and Eve did. But they said, okay, we're going to make our own choices. We're going to be our own gods when we when we pick this apple. And when you're your own god, you're not really god of anything, you know. So I mean, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a Mormon, and then keep yeah. trying. Yeah, then you'll get your own planet or something like that. <laughs> if there's any Mormons listening. Jesus is God. He's the Son of God, and He loves you, and you need to repent. Yeah, and and Yahweh um, is uncreated. That's right. So he wasn't really good, and he was given earth, and you can be him one day. That doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. Read your Bible. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is a danger to us. I mean, this is like a... Um, I mean, Paul's talking about things that are happening, but we read this, and like this is a this is a danger of, of what will happen when you... Um, when you're in idolatry, when, when you're putting something above God. And, and we see this uh, very prevalent. It's very prevalent in our society. Um, <clears throat> because um, one of the things that, that, that just blows my mind that it's even gotten a, a foothold is this idea of like moral relativism. Like um, there's, there's not any objective truth. It's whatever is true to you. What? <laughs> right. Like, Your truth. You, yeah. How do you how do you have a society at that point? And and eventually, like if you if you really adopted that and you went down that road, you're doomed for failure. Like there's 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 nothing that that you can do to save that because, you know, then your morals just fall apart. Like, so here's here's an example of something that's a little more extreme. So if you've got a child, tune out. But is rape really bad? The rapist enjoys it, doesn't he? So it must not be bad because he's living his truth. Well, I mean... <laughs> this is ridiculous. We use ridiculous you know, analogies, but you look at the societies that have come before us, and even ones that exist now, like over in China, um, you know, the communists, you know, their truth was, you know, we got to spread this the wealth, and the state has to be in charge of everything, and as a result, you get millions of people dying... And, you know, that that was a result with the Nazis. You know, it wasn't just, oh, big meanie, meanie pants Hitler. Like, they gave up the truth of God. And, and we see this with Bonhoeffer when he writes about, you know, the state of the church during Nazi Germany. They were exchanging the truth of God for the, the truth of, you know, hey, we're Germany, we're awesome, and these Jews are in our way and they're, you know, the source of all our troubles. And it, it, they didn't just wake up one day and start killing people. You know, it it was a path of idolatry that took time, but eventually, you know, that country did fall and do some of the greatest evils we've ever seen. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, <clears throat> so if we go on to 26, there's something that we want to talk about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read um, 26 and 27, probably. Um, For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, uh, passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary in nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So, side note, we just want to bring up something that's popular um, in different places of, of Scripture, when, when uh, especially Paul's talking about homosexuality. 
progressive Christians um, and even some people that aren't what you would label or what you would put in the same camp as progressive, um, they're translating. They can't do it here because Paul's very specific. He says men committing shameless acts with men. But other places, if you look um, in 1 Corinthians 6, um, some people will translate that uh, when, when Paul says homosexuality, what they actually think that that means is not men with men. They say, oh, well, actually what Paul's talking about is men committing these pedophilic, pedophiliac acts with boys. Um, and that's actually the sin there. So they're exchanging what I would say is the truth. Yeah, once which again. is it's homosexuality, it's it's relations with the same sex, and they're saying, "Oh no, that's actually pedophilia." Really, is what's going on. But if there. you're two consenting adults and you really love each other, if you really love each other, if it's how you feel in the moment, it's okay. Yeah, and some people genu- genuinely think that that Paul is in these different places. He's condemning um, abusive homosexual relationships, which. It's just wild to me. Like, why is that more not more apparent? But in reality, he's walking down, you know, the road, you know, a, a Greek town, and there's the Temple of Athena, and you know, you got, you know, bad sexual acts going in there with consenting adults. You know, this this is adults making the, the choice. Yeah, I'm gonna go have relations with either someone of the same sex or someone I'm not married to. Like, that's the decision they're making. That's the culture they're living in, you know, like they're not living in a prudish Christian uh, world. Like it was homosexuality was very accepted by the Romans. They had a God of homosexuality. It was very accepted. So it doesn't make any sense for Paul to be writing against, well, just pedophilia when he's surrounded by homosexuality every day. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what he's calling these people out of. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to be careful. Um, especially with progressive Christians. There's a lot of people that are trying to sneak in and change things to try to, I mean, I would say desensitize you to what God is 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 clearly teaching us to stay away from. Um, and some of it is done, you know, because they're under the guise of love. Yeah. You know, some of these people... It's easy for people to forget that aren't dealing with people like this in their life, but some people actually are going through this stuff right now. And what we're viewing as loving is just allowing them to do it, which we'll see later, is is not what Paul would say is is a loving action. Um, and that's why the gospel is so important. You, you have to convict people, or you, you have to tell people about their sin so that the Holy Spirit can convict them. Otherwise, why do, the way, why do they want to change? They've already made up their mind that they want to live however makes them happy, you know. Yeah, and ignorance does not equal um, innocence. Innocence, yes, um, because we see people who are ignorant in the Bible, like in Nineveh. Um, they were ignorant of their evil, but God was still going to punish them. Yeah, and what happens when they're told, "Hey, you're in the wrong"? Well, they repent. They repented and they were mournful. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was a that was a great picture because they they were like, oh, we've we've sinned. This is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So if we go on to um, if we go on to twenty eight, let's let's go twenty eight to thirty um, because that's yeah yeah let's do that. Um, and they did not see fit to acknowledge God. 
God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Man, that's just a list that goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when we have like this hierarchy of like sins, I think, um, not just some of that, I, you know, comes from a Catholic understanding. Um, you know, you have do your, ten Hail Marys for this sin, right? Yeah. You have your mortal sins or whatever. But I mean, reality, you know, look what's on there. You know, slander, gossip. Yeah, you know, these are things that right alongside with inventors of evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know you could invent evil. Like, <laughs> apparently, you can. Like, you the, like, I just think of like a mad scientist like mixing up formulas like yeah. oh the new evil we watched um uh, uh jeremiah and i watched lilo and stitch the other day and i'd <laughs> forgotten about that and and for some reason that just popped into my brain because he's like i'm making this new evil you know it was an evil alien um and he's got like 626 and i'm like dude i'd run out of ideas by now you know and they're all they've all got different powers and stuff so yeah whatever but yeah he's inventing evil and that's what these people are doing like they're finding all different ways to express their evil, yeah. Um, because they're not submitting to the truth of God, and you. Know, but the, you know, it says that they were given over to a debased mind. You know, their mind isn't working right anymore. They don't have holy things in their mind. They just have evil in their mind. So, the gears are going to function in that way. You know, well, and it's 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 very scary and it's very dangerous um, because God knows when there's a point that you're not going to repent. And once you reach that point, I believe that that's where God will further harden your heart. We see that with Pharaoh in the Old Testament. Pharaoh hardened his heart towards God, and he had a chance to repent. He didn't. And there was a point in time where God said, there's no, there's no coming back for you because you won't. It's not that I won't, I can't receive you back. It's that you literally, you're so hardened towards me that you won't. So he furthers it and he, he, um, he makes sure that they're condemned. And the funny thing is those plagues in a way were God trying to make, like, even though he knew Pharaoh at this point was hardened because before that the burning bush says, Hey, by the way, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. So he's already hardened his heart towards the truth. But God is still giving him chances to turn around, even though he's not going to. Yeah. Like, that's how merciful God is. Yeah. It's like, hey, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, okay, yeah, I'll let your people go, but you got to leave all your possessions here. You got to leave all your, you know, women and children here or, or you know, just just the men. Just let the men go. Like, is that good enough? Like, yeah. he keeps making up excuses. And, of course, you know, we see what happens. Ultimately, it costs him his life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, in our culture now, telling people that what they're doing with their life would be an unloving... uh, Well, let me rephrase this. Telling people that what they're doing with their life is not not what God wants them to be doing, that would be considered unloving. But from a biblical perspective, that's that's our job, is to call things out as sin, not because we want to hurt anyone's feelings, but life and death hangs in the balance for these people. And there is a point where there is no turning back for them. Yeah. And and that's a scary thing. I know for me, I'm glad that I've had uh, things and people in my life that have called out my wrong behavior. 
Um, because I, I personally believe I've had that, that experience where I was right there. If I had continued in, in, in my, um, idolatry, which was just not worshiping God, probably wouldn't be here today. Wouldn't have a podcast about the Bible. Um, and, and they're probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to speculate, but there probably wouldn't be a, a, a later time that, that something would have happened because why not because of God but because of my heart towards God would have been hardened. Um, so what we want to make that clear. We're, I hear some people, they're like, oh, yeah, God just is hardening hearts, and he's going around. No, you harden your heart towards God, and he furthers that process when he knows if he's omnipotent, he, he knows everything. He knows when there's no coming back for you because you won't do it. Yeah, That's a, that's a clear distinction that we want to make. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, it's like you mentioned Ray Comfort at the... Well, we weren't recording then, but uh, to give you a little peek behind the curtain, we do talk about things before we actually record. Um, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. We try our best. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he has the analogy of a parachute. You know, if you're about to jump out of a plane, and for some reason you don't have the concept of physics, you don't realize you'll go splat on the ground, and someone tells you, hey, you're going to go splat on the ground. Here's your uh, your parachute. You're going to take the parachute. If you don't know that, and you think... Yeah, if I just jump out, it'll be, you know... Everything will be yeah. cool, man. Like, I'll just fall for a long time, yeah. and it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. No, you'll die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although there are some crazy stories of, like, people... They're, they'll this, this is way side tangent, but if you'll humor me for a second, like, they'll jump out of the plane, and they'll somehow survive. Like, it's... it's that doesn't happen with God's wrath. No, no. <laughs> um, God's a little more intentional than gravity. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's just a side thing I remembered. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically what, what Ray Comfort, you know, does, um, his ministry is he he uses the Old Testament to convict people and to convince them. Because most people, if you ask them, are you a good person? What are they going to say? I mean, if they're if they're a semi good person, because I mean, we don't deny that there are people that are that are pretty good. They're going to say, oh, well, yeah, I haven't killed anyone. You know, I I, I don't. I don't have any warrants out for my arrest. I don't beat my family. Like, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. And and we see the same thing in the Gospels when people thought that they were good. Um, and and Jesus is trying to point out that they're not. Well, that's what Ray Comfort does is he uses the, the Old Testament. And he, can, he, 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 in tandem with the Holy Spirit, tries to convict them of their sin. And by the end of it, if they're honest... At all, they'll admit that they're a liar, that they're a blasphemer, that they covet, that they've looked with lust. They admit all these things because they're like, well, yeah, I may think that I'm a good person, but in the eyes of God, I'm not. Yeah. Um, and that's a humbling thing. And, and we, should, we should be able to look at ourselves like that because what does that do? That points you to Jesus. Yeah. You know that you're a sinner, and if you don't grab the parachute of Jesus— um, let's just say no one has ever survived jumping out of a plane, you know, like let's say there's only rocks underneath you and you well, have to be no fair, chance. they do, their parachute does deploy, but oh, it's okay. like, I'm not saying they, they jumped out not without a parachute. I should have explained that better. The physics go goofy. It's like the parachute deploys, but it like creates that air resistance. Yeah. So this isn't just like, Hey, random bill jumped out of a plane. Like, no, <laughs> these people were actually trying to. <laughs> They knew what they were doing. I should have explained that better. Yeah. Like, they are they were trained to do parachute jumping. Well, I, I did see one guy, and this is a super tangent, but um, he, he was an adrenaline junkie, and he decided to jump out of a plane without a parachute. 
and he was falling. And I think once he got down to a few thousand feet, like his buddies that were with him that had parachutes in case something went wrong, they had to pull their chutes, you know, because they had to slow down. Um, And he was good, and he kept falling, and he fell into this net that was probably like 100 feet. Well, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember how big it was. It was big, but in comparison to jumping out at 14,000 feet, it's not very big. Right. And he hit the net, you know, but, I mean, he was he was going very quick, whatever it is, you know, however many. I think it's like 110, 120 miles an hour. I don't remember. But if you come to a, you know, he obviously didn't come to a complete stop because you could see when he hit the net, the net stretched, mm. um, and it caught him. But if you hit the ground and you just... You just stop just like that. It's going to be yeah. a bad day for you. Yeah, it's a sudden stop that scares me. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a sudden stop. Um, so, anyways, yeah, I mean, if if we have a biblical um, perspective on these things, we see Jesus. Um, let's see in, in, in thirty two. Though they knew, uh, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. I mean, when I read that, I think about Jesus. Like, instead of giving approval, we need to we need to say, "Hey, like, we're all messed up." I'm not saying that that you're any worse than me. I'm saying that we're the same. We're in the same boat, and we need Jesus the same. You know, there's no hierarchy of Christians. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. All these things are contrary to God's nature, and we have to have Jesus to save us. Otherwise, we're doomed to die. Well, one of the great things we see about this is Jesus's mercy in him calling out people's sin. You know, that's something merciful. You know, we, we see uh, with the woman who's about to be stoned, he says, you know, go and sin no more. You know, he doesn't just leave her in her sin. and says, you know, you do you, you continue in this adulterous life. You know, he makes sure she knows you need to go and you need to repent of that lifestyle. And with the woman at the well, you know, he called out her sin. And that's what got her to repent. That's what got her to realize, oh, you're the Messiah. You're the one I need to complete my life. Well, and that was her message. She yeah. went away saying, you know, come see the man that told me everything that I've ever done. That's right. That was, that for her, that's what she needed to hear. Yeah. And so often we want to shield people from that when that's what they need to hear. They need to know these things. I mean, we're, we're not wagging our fingers saying we're better than you, like in a judgmental way. With a doctor diagnosing people, saying you have you have this cancer, and Jesus is the cure. Yeah, in this situation, ignorance is not bliss. No, because <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're ignorant um, to these things or not. Um, the truth of of your judgment is is still imminent. And I think there's uh, also something oddly merciful about God letting people like be overtaken by their desires sometimes. I mean, you look at, like, Solomon. He was allowed to live, you know. He, he experienced all the, the pleasures, all, everything you could, life could offer. And then he goes and writes Ecclesiastes and says, it was all meaningless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we need to be, we need to, sometimes people need to be given over to their sin to realize, okay, that was all meaningless. Yeah. You know, there, there's a mercy in that. And, and sometimes people, people don't see the mercy. It's like we've, what we see with Pharaoh. You know, he was given every opportunity, even though his heart was hardened. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for joining us this week. Um, come back next week. We are going to be starting in Chapter 2 of Romans. See you all later. See you.